Hello, Abby. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm doing great. And here we are again in beautiful Portland, Connecticut. Yes. Welcome back to the podcast. Yes. Welcome back. Very excited. We have another um, phenomenal interview um, that I'm excited to listen to and talk about. Um, why don't you set it up for us? So this is another conversation I had with someone uh, who was giving me their experience, their take on life, mm-hmm. and how they solve problems. But not only that, uh, it gave me a perception that, or a new, a new perspective, a different way of looking at things that I had not thought about. Right. And it's not that I didn't appreciate the point that she made, except that I just wasn't expecting that. Yeah. And the focus was really on appreciating people because they are different from us. Mm. We are marrying people not because we want them to be like us, right? but because we saw something in them that is probably something we identify in ourselves, but it adds to us. Right. It makes us better. You know, it, it actually makes us more than we are. Mm. They bring out the best in us. Right. And the reason they do so is because we find that they complete us. Yeah. And if they are doing that, it must be because they have something we don't have. <laughs> right. Is the other part of us. Right. You know, right. My better half. Yeah. You <laughs> So, so I, and that was the that was the nature of this conversation, and I thought uh, it's just the way it came across, the honesty in the right. voice, and the and the relaxed and the common sense mm. feeling in the way that uh, this this person uh, gave me her peace of mind, right. and I say a peace of mind because it was uh, the depth of what she was saying and the care and the contemplation that went into saying what she said. Um, I think when you hear it, you will probably agree with me. There are parts of it that I thought I disagreed with on instinct, right? you know, because I have not been thinking in that direction, (laughs) but you know, we get, we get stuck in our old patterns of thinking, you know, and sometimes it takes a minute to take something in, digest it, mm-hmm. and really assimilate it into your thought process and right. say, well, how does this fit in the reality that I've become accustomed to? Right. You know, Because we do get accustomed to certain realities. Right. And this person was sharing a, a reality that was not alien to me, but I have not thought about it necessarily as consistent with what I thought of to be the way marriages work. Because you, you right. see, most of us think that marriages, a marriage means that two different people come together and they become one. Right. Right. That's that's really the Christian notion of marriage. And right. other religious, you know, um, variations on the same theme. But a man leaves his house Mm-hmm. Where a woman leaves her home and joins up with a man, or and the two of them become one. Right. That's what we are preached to, and that's what we yes. hear. Yep. Um, but this was a complete. <laughs> <laughs> this was a complete deviation from. Yeah. That. It was. It was. It was. Um, I I think you should hear it. Yeah. And then you would you see what I have to say. 
Well, well, I think our listeners should know that. Um, so Jeremiah and I, when we discuss what the next podcast is going to be, we sit down. Actually, normally Jeremiah comes up to me and he goes, "Abby, you have to, you, you have to hear this person I talked to." And he's like, "Oh, he's so excited! I, I it's get great. This excited! You can you can and hear it in my do, voice right, right now." I and, get and I do too. I like play it every, and I listen to a little bit, and and I got very excited when I heard this as well because um, I it resonated with me and um, basically, you know, my experience um, I've come to a very similar conclusion. And so, so yeah, it really resonated with me. And um, so, but it's, it's very fun and um, to hear what these people have to say. And in this particular interview, Jeremiah, you were just in an Uber. <laughs> I, I was. I was just in an Uber and uh, listening to really good music yes. in an Uber. Yeah. And, uh, and I just, you know, someone was gracious enough to say, yeah, I would answer your questions. Right. And I will tell you very <laughs> private things about the way I personally have dealt right. with relationship issues. And, and it wasn't in a regretful way. It right. was more about, you know, you said, You've your experience is you had gotten this point, right? You understood what she was saying, right? Well, unfortunately, I didn't mm. when I started, and you mm-hmm. can hear the the kind of follow up questions yes. I was asking. Yes, that it was like, uh, really? Yeah, uh, this, this is what you think, <laughs> right? You know? But but then when I when I sat back and really considered what she was saying, yeah, it was it was. Almost like common sense. How could you not see this already? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How, how could you not accept this? Right. But much of the relationship conflicts we get into mm-hmm. is that misunderstanding that we have right. about how we are supposed to interact with each other. Right. You know, I want to create people in my image. Mm-hmm. I want people to look like me. I want people to think like me. Right. We like that. Right. It's comfortable. We don't like it. People don't follow along with us. Yeah, it's threatening. Right. You know, there's a problem with trust. If people are not like me, and they are the other, and we fear the other, right? Because the other is a mystery. Exactly. But it shouldn't be. The other really can mean diversity, diversity of opinion. Mm -hmm. It means Mm -hmm. that there is someone else who has creative energy that they can contribute. To enrich my life, exactly. You know, and I, I would, I would, I would say it was probably exciting for me, yeah, because I was a little ignorant <laughs> in that yeah. in that way. Well, know? and isn't that why we do this, right? We we listen to other people's stories and experiences to learn and to grow and to evolve. And I think. You know, what we'll hear in this interview is really that openness to the other and openness to other people um, to be the best version of ourselves yeah. and to grow. Yeah. So, um, let's and take we a- are not as special as we think. Yeah. We are. <laughs> other people are probably more special than we are. And I think that also came through that in this through. conversation. And, uh, I, I think you'd love to hear it. Yes. All right. Let's take a listen. Thank you.
what do you find to be uh, what do you find to make relationships successful? Good listening skills. Not communication skills, listening skills. Listening skills. I would have lean heavily on the listening side. Communication is absolutely essential, but you can't have really good communication between two people without without listening. The listening. Yeah. Why, why do you think so many people fail to listen? What happens to them? Culturally, we're all taught that we're very special. And, and we are not? We are, our egos are stroked from the time we're babies. <laughs> and we're not taught to listen to one another. No. No. Because we are so special, everyone else should listen to us. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Is that is that the is that the biggest problem for for uh, for failing relationships also that people just don't listen? Well, it's one of the biggest. Yeah. 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 It's really hard to get anywhere yeah. in a dialogue with somebody if one person is doing all the work and the other person is not. What do you mean? Because so, so, in listening. Yeah. If one person is trying really hard to make the relationship work in, yeah. in, in every possible way and the other person is just not yeah. present for it. Yeah. It, yeah. That, that, that's like a partnership idea that, that marriage is kind of like a partnership. It is a partnership. Is it really? But if you, if you call it a partnership, isn't it pretty much making it like a business arrangement? Because if someone, I mean, because marriage is, is give and take, this forgiveness idea, and people have to be gracious and all of that. Well, if it's it a partnership. If you're raising children, yeah. you, it is like a partnership, and, and, and here's why. And I don't, I don't think a partner in only business terms. Yeah. Okay. But when you have two people raising children, you have to be on the same page about discipline and about yeah. you know values and things like that yeah. so it is a partnership you are partnering together with someone to raise other humans yeah and that's that's basically it so yeah. if you want to look at a relationship as a partnership in terms of you know owning property and sharing things and stuff like that there's yeah. an awful lot of partnering around that whole yeah other the understanding of the other yeah that they are a fully I think there's a false notion that when you get married mm -hmm. you're one it's not no you are not one what are you no. I mean the, the, the husband the, the man shall leave his wife and cleave to his uh, leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife that is all baloney <laughs> Then what is it? <laughs> so so you were you married, but you were separate people. Yeah. But it's no, it's learn, it's knowing how to. Okay, when you're like you and I are having this conversation yeah. right now. Yeah. Naturally, we are the other to each other. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's just a condition of human. Yeah. And I, it doesn't matter what your relationship is. That's always there. Yeah. It's always there. But it, a good relationship with somebody is acknowledging that other. Yeah. 
accepting that other. Other of me. Right? Yes. And and being very conscious of that. Yeah. Or as something separate from you. Yeah. And appreciating that. Yeah. Um, but for its own sake, not for because you're my partner yeah. or because we're married. It's appreciating the other because the other is important Yeah. in the dynamic. If you keep the old notion of you're one when you get married, yeah. a lot of people tend to say, well, I don't have to bother and I with get the, lost. I don't have to bother with the other part yeah. of you. Uh-huh. I only have to bother with the one the right the one thing that's us, right? Yeah. And that's a mistake. Yeah. Is that is that is that the cause of most other relationship breakdowns, you think? Well, yeah, because I think that underneath that there's a lack of respect. Because I don't respect the other. Correct. I think it's the person should just be like me. Right. And, they should and if they the are not I like me, if they don't think like me, they don't behave like me, they don't like the same things I like, yeah. then forget it. They can go their way. Yep. And I went, I went through that in my first marriage. And I'm very good friends, best friends with my ex-husband, my yeah. first husband. Yeah. We're still very good friends. Yeah. And hang out together. Yeah. We have children and yeah. grandchildren yeah, yeah, together. Yeah. But when we were married, yeah. his expectations of me were that I were, was going to want to do everything he wanted his to do way. all the time. Yeah. And I didn't. It didn't work. And he never saw or saw the other in me. Yeah. And gave me the air to breathe yeah. that the other in me needed. Everything right? comes in twos. It's a Correct. duality. Yes. But can you can you really sustain a relationship with the otherness? Identifying I, the other. I did my and my second marriage yeah. and he died. Yeah. He had oh illness. I'm sorry. But we were together for fifteen years yeah. and it was all about that. Good. He did he had his world had his and his focus and I had my world and my focus. Yeah. Right. We had a really good oops. So now we've heard this perspective and uh, it is, I mean, like I said, I really resonated with this. I think, um, you know, I I was in one relationship and, and had that viewpoint, that kind of conventional wisdom, that religious, you know, wisdom of you become one with this other person and, you know, in that relationship, it was very driven to be, you know, identical. And um, there was no room to be my own person or for um, the other individual to be to be his own person. And, um, you know, coming out of that relationship and really coming to terms with that and realizing I'd lost myself through the the length of their relationship and realizing, you know, there's so much value um, 
in us as individuals and what we bring to relationships Mm -hmm. and that it is important to not lose sight of yourself. And, and also, you know, what she was talking about, respecting this other person, the, the other and what they have to offer. And, and that just really spoke to me because I think it's easy to, like we were saying, it's, it's easy to want someone to think like you think mm-hmm. or have a similar perspective. And while I think it's very important to be compatible with someone mm-hmm to have similar interests, to, you know, likes and dislikes, values like we've spoken of. It's very important to have the same values. Um, but just because you're compatible, it doesn't make you identical. No. And I think that when you have this concept of becoming one, it's misleading because it's suggesting that you become identical, you become this unit. And I think that there's this fine line of like, yes, you do. You want to be a joint unit. You want to be working together. And, you know, like she was talking about being that partnership, being connected, but you don't want to devalue the individuality of each other. And, um, so I really appreciated what yeah, she had to yeah. say. You know, I started I started thinking after the fact, you know, after I had been hit with that, you know, with that knowledge and that mm-hmm. perspective that we probably put too much, too much emphasis on compatibility mm-hmm. because we are used to wanting things to be a certain way. Right. But have you ever seen a coin that has the same side, the <laughs> same you know picture on both sides? Right. No, most things in life comes in pairs, mm. right? And they don't actually function the same way. Right. Our eyes actually see completely different pictures, mm. and then somehow they get reconciled at the back right. of our brain somewhere, you know. So just about everything that we see in life has the opposite, right? But somehow, when we are in relationships, we tend to say, well, I'm not compatible with this person. And when we mean compatibility, we really actually try to emphasize our likes. I'm not compatible with you because you're not doing what I want. Mm -hmm. Or somehow, you're just not going along with my program. This is my vision of what I expect my life to right. be. And if you are not coming along with it, then there's a problem. But I think if we, what she was saying, what I was hearing her say, is that there is always that duality. And that duality only becomes one when we understand that, in fact, there is diversity. Mm. There is not one opinion. Right. There is not one reality. But that reality, that separate realities that people have, that they come to the table with and join with us to make a life with, if we accept their reality the way it is, is actually respecting who they are, valuing who they are. And if we reject it, we're actually rejecting them. Right. We're rejecting them. If I have to insist that it's my way or the highway, Mm -hmm. it means you don't exist. Yes. (laughs) It means, it literally means 
you at some point cease, cease to exist. And, and unfortunately, in our work, we see so many people who mm-hmm. after years and years and years of marriage right. have gotten to the point where they say, boy, Thanksgiving is coming up. Mm-hmm. I am not going to go into this new Thanksgiving day and sit next to that spouse, that man, that woman. Right. Because I don't see why. Right. I am lost. It's over for me. Right. Or at the getting to the end of the year, people say, I'm not going into another year. Mm-hmm. Having to live this same life because at some point they have stopped to exist as who they are. Right. Well, and even more, I mean, even more than that, you you don't hold any value to that mm. other person. Right. And I think that's part of what's so detrimental is when you're in a relationship or a dynamic where one person is, you know, steamrolling and it's just their way, this other person loses their voice, their identity, their value, because what they hold brings nothing to this other person. And, you know, something she said at the end of the interview was that um, in her second relationship, uh, she had room or she said she had air to breathe. And I think that when you don't have that air to breathe to be your own self, you do, you get stifled and worn down. And I would argue that that, I mean, it it kills the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many relationships out there that you, you might have a wife or a husband who's, entire existence is about playing a certain function mm-hmm. and their entire identity is tied into what they do right for the marriage yeah. it's not what they do for themselves right there is a there is a there's a Bud- buddhist a proverb that says uh, that or the buddhist parable that says that uh, a teacher uh, sent 10 of his students to a, a party, mm-hmm. and they had to travel a very long way. Ten kids had to travel a very long way through the desert, through the forest, and then they had to come to this river. And when they got to the river, and I'm, I know I'm paraphrasing because I'm not a Buddhist, but I see mm-hmm. the logic and the, yeah. and the sense and, and knowledge and wisdom in it, that they get to this river, and they, you know, they've been told they must get to this uh, uh, place intact. All 10 of them have to get there. So they can't walk through the river because it was completely full. And one kid jumps in, swims across, you know, uh, to the other side. The other does the same. Eventually, all 10 of them get there. Mm -hmm. And just to be sure that they've all crossed that river, one of them steps aside and counts. One, two, three, four, Mm -hmm. five, six, seven, eight, nine. But he fails to count himself. Mm And the other kid does the same thing, and they all count nine because mm. they failed to count themselves. Wow. Only until another teacher shows up and says, well, I count ten of you. <laughs> but because they don't see themselves, they still didn't expect that they built, they exist. Their voices could be heard. Mm. But only until someone marches them down to the river and says, here, look at yourself in the river. You still exist. Uh. Wow. Be yourself again. Right. And I think what I was hearing in this conversation was 
how do you get to be yourself mm. and still love someone? Right. How do you get someone to value you mm-hmm. as a human being without actually saying my difference is something that is a detriment right. to our existence together? Mm-hmm. And I thought, if somehow we can get over ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, that somehow we are so special that we have to be heard all the time, <laughs> like I'm doing with you right now. <laughs> and we don't listen. Right. <laughs> if it's not about, if it's all about what we have to say yeah. or what we have to think or mm-hmm. our way, then obviously we don't really have a face. Mm-hmm. And if we don't have a face and we don't have a voice, unfortunately, that hard question has to be asked, why are we even in this? Right. You know? Right. So so the question is, how do other people like her mm-hmm. get to this point? Because she didn't get to this point overnight. Right. She had to go through a really painful prior experience. Exactly. To learn that, I am not going to do this again. Right. In a first relationship, mm-hmm. it was all about that. Right. The other person dictated and called the shots, yeah. and she probably went along with it. Yeah. And they it's made easy a to life do. together. It's <laughs> easy to do. And they right. had children and everything. Yeah. yeah. And then she got a second experience. Right. Totally different. Totally different. Well, I think, you know, at the beginning of the interview, she really, you know, when you posed that question, um, she said that you need to listen. You need yes. good listening skills and that you can't get anywhere without them. And I thought that was interesting that she highlighted listening um, versus kind of the umbrella term of, of communication That's skills, right. because we're always talking about communication mm-hmm. skills, right? But I think that a piece of that that's very important that she brought out is listening and being able to engage with the other person and not just hear the sounds and the words <laughs> that they're expressing, but really listen. And when you value the other in that person and are engaged with them, then I think that you're able to to listen and truly understand and take to heart. And you might not agree or you may not you know, be on the same page right away, but it values that person, shows that you value them by truly listening to what they have to say. And I think that that is extremely important. And I really liked that she highlighted that in particular. See, so so listening to, to me, um, and we all have this, we, we, get, we get very noisy. Mm-hmm. And we like the sound of our noises. Right. We don't really pay too much attention to the noises that other people want to make. Mm -hmm. Because most of the time we're just trying to influence other people. And we Mm -hmm. think that if we focus on what they want, we'll be influenced to do things that we may not want. Right. So the listening aspect of a communication it's really an affirmation that I am okay with being influenced by you. Mm. And if we are actually engaged in a relationship, yeah. why would you not 
want to influence my thinking. Right. Or why would you not be open to, to hearing what the <laughs> right and hearing like, oh, this is another opinion outside of my own, but maybe that's something to be offered to me that that's I right. can grow yeah. and build on and that we can bring these different perspectives yeah. and build on each other. Right. And and when she said listening, I actually had to ask myself, what does she really mean? And you, you realize mm-hmm. I did ask, what do you mean by listening? Right. And, and, and the reason I was asking that is we very frequently put barriers between ourselves and other people yeah. just so we don't have to listen to them. We somehow set up emotional barriers, right. anger, frustration is quite an easy way to put up a barrier. I am so angry at you. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to let you try to talk to right, me. Right, right. You know, or I am so busy with my work right now that I don't have time to listen to anything you have to say. Yeah. You know, you and I have had conversations and said, you know, technically you and I can agree that there are 24 hours in a day. <laughs> yeah. Technically, people have disagreed with me about that. But let's assume there are 24 hours in a day. And if there are 24 hours in a day, and you have to commit at least six to eight hours a day to sleep. Yes. We've done this math We have done this math. And somehow, you have to commit eight hours of your day to working for money. Right. Selling your time for money or using your brain for money or whatever. But most people are spending about eight to 10, 12 hours in a day. So that's two thirds of the entire 24 hours that we have. Right. Then think about what we do with the rest of it. Yeah. How much of the one third of the day that is left (laughs) do we actually commit to? Building a relationship and listening to each other. Right. Not very much. Well, yeah, it's hard. I mean, you're tired. You got to, there's upkeep of the house or if you have kids. I mean, I have two kids and, you know, making sure you're spending quality time with your kids and listening to what they have to say, which is actually, it's a bit of a tangent, but it's quite adorable because my boys are little and... Now, before they go to bed, they like to have talking time with me. They like undivided attention where I listen to what they have to say. And it's been tempting to brush it off, right? I'm tired. It's the end of the day. They have to sleep. They need their sleep. I need them to sleep. But what I've learned is, you know, I need to take a step back, make the time, maybe it's pushing the bedtime a little earlier so we can snuggle and and giving them that one-on-one time and their faces light up. They feel this joy because the person that they value is valuing them and listening to what they have to say. And it's been amazing to hear their little thoughts and their hopes and their dreams. And and even though this is a tangent, it makes me think too, you know, in in our relationships with marriage or dating, you know, it's When you are listening, you really are valuing that other person. 
And something else um, that came up in the interview that she said is that you have to be present to listen. And when I think about sitting on my kid's bed, I'm present. I don't have my phone. I don't, the lights aren't on. There's no distractions. It's just me and them. And being there present is what allows me to actually listen to them. And I think about that in relationships too. You have to put those distractions aside and be able to sit and be present and engaged, not have your thoughts go in other places. And when you do that, it makes things so alive because you are mutually valuing each other and building that relationship. How many, how many hours after say eight, 10, <laughs> 15 years of marriage, how many hours do we actually, how much time do we actually say, I love you. Let's sit there. Let's have a conversation. Mm -hmm. I mean, have the time about 15 minutes into the thing. You sleep. The gentleman is asleep. (laughs) The lady is gone. I have to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Hit the gym for maybe an hour. We spend more. I spent probably spent more time trying to exercise than I spent with my spouse. You know, and I don't think I'm the only person. No, people who spend people rather go shopping, right? Or be on their phones or watching. Have you seen couples go shopping? Somehow there's a stigma about husbands and wives right. going shopping together. It's not a it's not a spousal time. It's not very romantic for a guy to be pushing the cart in the grocery store with the lady just picking the groceries and putting it in the basket. It doesn't work. But you can see, you can see, you can see that we would rather go shopping. There are ladies out there who would rather go shopping than actually spend time with their man because they don't want to hear what he has to say. Right. Or on the same like line, like maybe they don't feel heard by their spouse Mm -hmm. and they, they're not listened to. No one is listening (laughs) to anybody. It's a problem. Well, that's the thing. And I think part of it is this, like she said, we've been brought up. Oh, with yeah. our egos being stroked and told we are so special, yeah. uh, God, we are we are dressed up like <laughs> cowboys and 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 we are dressed up like princesses, superheroes. We are so great. Right. Then we walk into the world. Yes. And he says, "Yeah, punch in. Right. It's eight o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and then punch out at five o'clock at night." Then you go home and you go, well, I'm not so special anymore, but I want someone to treat me special. Mm. And one way or the other, I'm going to have my spouse treat me special. Right. So I show up, I sit on the couch, <laughs> I throw my feet up on the table, and I go, where is my dinner? Right. <laughs> Even though we both went to work and we're both right. just as exhausted as can be, Yeah. how are we going to talk after that? Right. When I know that my spouse is just as pissed off at me mm-hmm. for having come home expecting to be treated special, right? Or that my husband—I mean, how is it going to be when you know you know the situation, and somehow you want the man to treat you just as special as can be right. because you have a certain vision of yourself? Where is the reality in that? Right. 
And, and so when we are insisting that other people should be like us, mm-hmm. but we don't want to acknowledge who they are <laughs> because we are special. Right. It doesn't really make for a very healthy relationship. No, no. I mean, to put it mild. To, yes, to, right. To put, I, I, I get it that relationships are supposed to be, you know, give and take. Right. You need compromise. Mm-hmm. You need to. You need to learn on how to forgive. You mm-hmm. need to. Uh, you need to be gentle with your with your partners, and um, and it's all good. Right. But I think that really that. Nice idea of give and take is something we tell ourselves when we are dating. Is a presentation, yeah. is a sales speech mm-hmm. that we give to someone whose attention we really want. Right. But once we get the attention, we don't want to hold it. Mm-hmm. We just let it go. Right. And I think the reason we let it go is what she identified. Right. We don't really respect other people. Exactly. We want to be respected. But we don't really take time to show them that we respect them. We pay lip service to respect yeah. all the time. Absolutely. I want to say, oh, I respect you. Sure. Mm-hmm, 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 right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What did I just say? Right. Could you repeat it to me, please? <laughs> it's so true, though. And I I like how she painted you know, the quote, the other in this very positive light, because a lot of times we fear the other, we fear what we don't know. We fear we don't understand. We fear what's different from us. And she's really flipping that around and saying, no, 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 this is something to value. This is something to explore and appreciate. And the other is not my opposite. Right. Right. And she says, you know, you have to acknowledge. Oh, actually, this this I wrote this down. I liked this. She said the other is the human condition. That's right. It's always there. there. It doesn't go away. We're always there's always the other. (laughs) And even in a relationship that's still, you know, even if you are very compatible, that person is still not going to think exactly like you. You're not identical. Light defines darkness. Mm -hmm. And without darkness, light is meaningless. Right. It is is such a reality that is always around us. Right. But I think part of the problem we have is that somehow we think in compatibility. Yeah. Because we understand that they are different personalities. Right. We all come into relationships having been programmed culturally and having had certain exper- experiences that somehow puts us in certain kinds of tracks. Yeah. And we identify that way, whether we should be dominant and or, or somehow we should be humble. Right. Uh, or, you know, we, we don't want to seem arrogant so we become submissive and and right. I don't want to really create conflicts in our relationship so I don't want to speak up mm-hmm. I just want to just lay low right you know my husband comes or my spouse comes and we feed each other nice things yeah but we just never feed each other the truth mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and we can only sidestep the truth so long. Right. Eventually, it's going to hit someone in the face. Right. And when it hits you, it's not a very attractive thing. 
No. To have the truth hit you in the face. No. But, you know, you and I have had this conversation about personality types before, and we are not psychologists and we will no. pretend to be. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> not. Just the lawyer. You're just the paralegal. Right. You're not just the paralegal. You're a lot more than that. <laughs> but, but, you know, someone said to me, because I, I keep asking these questions. Right. Why are people getting into these problems all the like time? These conflicts, conflicts yeah. all the time. And someone suggested to me that, you know, people who are not compatible should not get married to each other. Find someone you're compatible with. Right. You know, and and it's something that is an idea. But I don't know if it's a completely safe idea to hold without contrasting it and taking in other things. Right. Because like what she was saying, it's important to have diversity of personalities. Right. And diverse people can in fact be in relationships and thrive in their relationships. Right. If they can respect the otherness exactly within themselves and among themselves, right, and between us, right. Well, yeah, and I mean that's what she was saying. She was like, "We need to acknowledge that this is even a thing." Because how many people don't even acknowledge it? Yeah. You know, we're in this bubble. We have these misconceptions. Because we are one. Yeah, we're but one. we are not. We're we're compatible she says, or whatever. Throw out the yeah. idea that when you get married, <laughs> yes. you become one. <laughs> right? No, you are not one. And I said, "Really, we are not one." Right. She says, "No, you are not." Oh. <laughs> it's a false notion that yeah. leads a lot of people to conflict. I don't I agree. I don't completely agree with her because yeah. I think having the unity of mind, yes, and having a common purpose is always an important aspect. And if we insist that people maintain their individuality, yeah, when they become one, mm-hmm. I think it's not an easy concept. To grasp, and maybe that's why most of us have struggled with right. that, and right. maybe that's why many of us end up in conflict. Mm-hmm. But I suppose if you really get down to it, the freedom of thought yeah. by the individual is the only thing that justifies the freedom of the collective thought. Yeah, because if the individual cannot think for himself, right. What contribution does he or she make to the union? Exactly. So exactly. if somehow you want to insist that we be one, mm-hmm. first agree that we are separate. Right. And that we are unique. Yes. And have certain values that make us different, not special. Yeah. <laughs> because special is an ego-driven, right. you know, label. Right. We're just labeling ourselves as special. But I thought that this concept of acknowledging our differences, mm-hmm. acknowledging the otherness, right. and not really saying that it's negative. Right, exactly. It's a positive view of who we are, I think. It's yeah, great. I think it's great too. And and I have to say, I, I think there's a middle ground as well. I mean, I really had that concept of you become one and saw the detriment of it. Um, 
but I can also see the detriment of being too individual. Oh, yeah. And I think that's what you're saying. And and I do think there's this middle ground of, you know, when you when you are getting married and committing to spend your life with another person, there's a certain um element of you know, agreeing to be on the same page, to be going towards those same goals, to be aligning your lives together. Mm -hmm. And so that's a sense of oneness, right? You're together, you're doing that, but then you can't lose sight of yourselves as individuals. But you see, what I had, the reason I think maybe this took me back was was this thing. You know, I, I always say to you, I'm a preacher's son, right. and my mother always tells me a divided house mm-hmm. cannot stand. Yes. And so when I say to someone, "Well, you really believe that we can survive by being separate yeah. and and being other to each other?" I thought, well, you know, but I see the logic of what she was saying. I do too, and I think it's really beautiful and something for us to think about. Thank you. Thank you, Jeremiah. Thanks, everyone, for listening to our third podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Jeremiah. Thank you, Abby. Make sure you follow us. Um, you can catch this uh, podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts. Um, we're getting on some other ones, too. We'll keep you posted. And please always send us your questions or thoughts on these interviews. We would love to hear them. Um, and as always... Ask Ask Jeremiah. Jeremiah. (laughs) Have a great day, everyone.